and <laughs> we're starting now. Go. <laughs> yeah, so playing cards in folk magic is what we're going to be talking about. This is going to be, I'll briefly talk about divination, uh, because in much of folk magic, they don't use tarot. Again, in much of folk magic, if you go to New Orleans or if you go to Mississippi, yes, you're going to find conjure doctors who do use tarot. Uh, you might even find some that use runes. Most of them are probably using bones or playing cards, though. And with playing cards, there is a divinatory aspect to it. It's not something that I've become proficient in. I've tried learning divination using playing cards, but when I use them, it's for magical purposes. Very similar to some people I know will use tarot cards in their magical purposes. Uh, I use playing cards. Playing cards are much more cheaper. You know, you can go to Walmart and pick up a pack for like, what, $3, $5, $7, whatever. Uh, tarot cards are in their 15 to like $85 range. And I don't want to be burning those in practice where I can go just buy, most of them sadly now are plastic, but you can find paper ones still. Uh, and that's what I use. Most playing cards are pretty plain. You're not going to feel bad if you burn it, if you shred it. Some tarot decks, especially really nice indie, beautiful mm -hmm. artwork. Yes. I'm going to be a little hesitant about burning, you know, some of those cards in a tarot deck yeah. just because they're beautiful. And like you said, indie decks, they're expensive. Yeah. My very first indie deck was actually my second tarot deck. And it was, for those of you who know it, it's a very popular one. It's called The Wild Unknown, but I got the first print edition. So I bought it directly from Kim Kron's. That thing is probably worth more now than when I bought it. I'm not destroying that deck. The deck alone was like $40. And then I bought the guidebook, which was another 20. So I ended up spending like 60 some dollars. I'm not. That is a very treasured item of mine. That is one of my few treasured items is the first print edition of The Wild Unknown. I'm definitely going to go even print out online onto cardstock just the Three of Hearts or the King of, Co uh, the King of Diamonds. Like, so accessible, so easy, so cheap. Um, mm -hmm. You can even just get a red marker and a black marker and keep them on hand for when you need to make your own playing cards. Um, you don't even have to put the number. You don't have to put the little corner icon. The ones I have that I do use for, um, that I tried learning playing card divination with, they, uh, I bought them for like $5 from an indie creator. He makes uh, historical games. And I believe it's called Rose and Pentacle or Pentacle and Rose or something like that games. Um, but very simple, very, very minimalist. Um, the Ace of Diamonds is just a red diamond on a card. And you can do that. You absolutely can do that. That's what they first were. Um, so if you want to learn divination with them, you can. And the two books that I have that I find as a good reference when I'm using them for magic, because I use their divinatory aspects in the magic, um, or their divinatory meanings in the magic, is Fortune Telling Using Playing Cards by Jonathan D. Uh, the copy I have is blue, a navy blue, and it has a picture of the four suits on it. And the other one, who is an author of a few different books on um, American folk magic, 
is called 54 Devils, The Art and Folklore of Fortune-Telling with Playing Cards by Corey Thomas Hutchison. His, I think, most famous book right now is um, New World Witchery. Uh, it's this giant tome of a book, and it encapsulates all that there is really to, to be known in a, a written version, not an oral instruction, of American folk magic. Um, from New England to the South, very big book. You could probably find something, if you have that book, if you have Corey Thomas Hutchinson's um, New World Witchery, I'm sure you could find something in there about playing cards. He just made a pamphlet, essentially, specifically dealing with playing cards. Uh, but it has all of their divinatory meanings in it, which many, not all, many, are very similar to tarot, tarot's interpretations. The ace is dealing with beginnings. The heart's dealing with mo uh, matters of emotion and love. So those are some references for you. The other one is actually for Instagram users. And his uh, username is at prof, P-R-O-F, dot Porterfield, P-O-R-T-E-R-F-I-E-L-D. And I believe he is actually a doctor of religious studies. Um, but Professor Porterfield, yes, that is his username. Yes, you're going to be taken aback when you see him wearing traditional Orthodox, uh, Orthodox Jewish garb. Um, that's where I think he's a doctor of uh, religious studies. Uh, he will be wearing a, a yarmulke. He'll be wearing a vest, a white shirt, and he practices conjure. You have that is the right account. Trust me. It was a little misleading when I saw it too. Very, very intelligent person. He reads playing cards. He practices magic with the Bible, like most people who practice conjure do. Uh, and he practices his magic and conjure with playing cards. And the way he does it uh, varies from how I do it, mostly just in structure. You'll see that some of his posts are like pins with things written onto the uh, card. Sorry. Things written on the card with pins pierced through them, uh, sometimes on fire. Mine's a little different. Um, mine is very much like the combination of with mojo bags or with candles. So many of the playing cards you can use as kind of like ready-made petitions. Look up their meaning. Uh, I think three of spades is directly corresponded to the three of swords, heartbreak. So if you wanted to heal heartbreak, I would take a blue novena candle anointed, anointed with some type of healing oil or sprinkled with some kind of healing herbs and place the five of diamonds. Fold it up, tuck it into a mojo bag or into the bottom of your shoe. That is a very folk magic-y thing to put petitions in the bottom of your shoe under your foot above the soul. Candle magic, packet, pouch magic, um, carrying them with you as a charm themselves. Uh, you could write very much like how people will write their petition on a $2 bill for money. You'd write a petition on top of the playing card that corresponds to your intent. Wrap that up or fold that up, wrap it up in string, carry that with you. You can make little packets that you put into your house, into your home. You can bury them 
uh, and let them become part of the soil. I would do that maybe yearly or bi-yearly because though they're becoming part of the soil, they're also disintegrating and you kind of want to keep up on that magic. So I would do that, yeah, probably bi-yearly. Given you your references, Professor Porterfield. Yes, they are ready-made petitions. Like I said, you can use them in candle magic, in pouch magic, in packets for your house and home. You can fold them up and use them as uh, petitions while you keep them in your pocket or in your shoe. This is something that has happened to me a few times. And this is something that happens to a lot of like folk practitioners that I see. Um, is finding random playing cards on the ground. There have been, so I think a sidewalk, I found one and the parking lot outside of my work, I found one. And they were always relevant to what was happening. The six of clubs, I think it was, I found at my job. And it talked about change, essentially changes coming from an argument or some kind of like upheaval. That was very near the time where I left that job. Then I found that card. I've also found a card on the sidewalk. I can't remember which one it was. It was either diamonds or hearts because I remember it being red. And I don't know if it was a six or a four. And again, I don't remember <laughs> what the relevancy was was for that one. It ha I think it had something to do with like something at home and like the people who live in the home. Um, and it just being like a reassurance that things are fine in the home. But I did find that. And it was just a very like comforting reassurance that like things are fine. Things are okay. Things are going just how they need to go. Yes, you will find sometimes just going throughout your day playing cards, if you're lucky. Don't take them as like, oh, it's just something there. Pick it up, see what it means. Um, it's obviously going to be a little less rare than finding a penny. You find pennies everywhere, right? You find dimes everywhere, right? Um, and then the whole, if it's tails, you know, don't pick it up, turn it over. If it's heads, you know, it's for you, take it. Or if it's heads acknowledge it but let someone else find it as well so you can share in the abundance or whatever playing cards aren't that common you know they're not, who's carrying around a pack of playing cards with them that one fell out you know it's not a very common thing to find so definitely look at it pick it up i would say keep it take it with you and see what its meaning is see why that may have come to you that was going to be my my question for this part was if you find it I do. I have kept the ones I've found. Um, I think eventually I do like, I don't think I've ever thrown them away. Uh, I think the six of clubs after I left, I, I buried it. I think I probably buried it near the cedar tree that I do a lot of my workings at. The other one, I don't remember what I did with it. It's probably up in my closet in my box, but <laughs> my box of random stuff. But yeah, I carried both of them with me for a little bit, probably a week, a week or less. I carried both of them with me. If these are potential magic workings for somebody that they discarded, is it safe to use them in your own magical working? Or should you just kind of take the message that it's, as it's pertaining to you and then bury it, discard it in like water or something? But should you cleanse it and use it yourself? Um, I would go with the latter. I wouldn't use it for magical purposes or for any other purpose after the fact, unless it's something that's going to aid you get to kind of what's already predicted. So in my case with the six of clubs, um, the job, it was kind of like a message that like, this is going to be a turning point. You're going to quit your job. It was already something I had in my mind. It was already like something that was going to happen. 
if I wanted it to go a little easier or if I wanted it to happen a little more quicker, then you could probably use it to attain what's kind of already coming to you. It would just make things happen a little quicker or make things happen a little smoother. That would be the only reason I would see using it in magical work is attaining what's kind of already coming to you. I myself, I would probably, um, it would be a rare instance for me to use it in the working, right? I would take the message, thank uh, for receiving that message and then probably like bury it or, you know, give it to water. Um, since cards should disintegrate pretty easily in water and not pollute up yeah. <laughs> the body of water. Um, if it's, if it's a plastic card, I, I, would I can't remember the last time, which I don't think many people would be discarding plastic cards because they're going to be more expensive. Uh, oh, you would be surprised at the things that people dispose of really? in a way they shouldn't. Like jars, the whole thing with people throwing jars into bodies of water. Don't do that. Yeah, I've seen people do that up at Lake Erie. You know, they're yeah. just chucking. And, and those are their spell rem remnants. And, and the one lady, I'm like, look, you see this family over here, like, swimming. And you just threw, you know, which is potential broken glass. What if a child steps on that? you know and she you know she kind of brushed it off because it wasn't it wasn't what she wanted to hear yeah you know, it impeded what she thought she needed to do for her her working okay fine so next time quit throwing glass where people are walking that that are you know trying to enjoy a summer day yeah you know without coming out of the lake or the the water wherever you're at having to get stitches like same with wax, like Lake Erie is already so polluted. Wax is a petroleum-based product. It does not easily over time, over long periods of time, it will become part of the earth again. But that is a long time. You don't need to be putting wax into polluted Lake Erie or into the soil or throw it away. Just throw it away. Put it in a landfill. Landfills themselves aren't great, but at least it's out of, you know, more or less the natural world where the power of your magic is coming from. Okay, so found cards. Take the message, thank you. If you feel the need that you can use it, you know, in whatever you might be working on. Yep. Um, so let's, let's say you're not so common, right? Everybody um, is gonna know what to do with some hearts and diamonds, love and money. What about yep. your wands? Uh, How are you gonna use your wands? So the clubs, the clubs can be used, um, like I said, in so many of the books that I've read, in so many, in all two or three of the books I've read, uh, where we're talking about playing cards, the correspondences to tarot are very, very similar, if not the same. Um, you have to remember that the playing cards came from tarot. Tarot was kind of like the very first set of playing cards, and it didn't develop its divinatory associations until later on down the road. Diamonds are coins. Clubs are wands. Hearts are cups. Spades are swords. The clubs are going to be used for family, job, work. They're also, they also can be used for don't ask me how that correspondence got in there. I've just read that a lot of things for luck. I think it has something to do with like branches, like growth. So wands are usually made from, you know, like the branches and limbs of a tree. 
I think it has the correlation with growth. So there's luck, fortune, money involved there. Again, diamonds are also more like wealth, not so much money. But with clubs, they can be used for stabilization, home stuff, um, career and job, and a little bit of luck, a little bit of prosperity. So in, in a sense, playing cards are good ways to do some hidden yet um, easily in your face magical workings. Nobody's really going to look too hard, you know, at a three of diamonds sitting on your coffee table, you know, oh, I forgot to put that card away when shuffling yeah. versus, you know, if you have a tower tarot card sitting there. Or, yeah. I'm like, what's going on here? If you wanted, you could even, so like, let's say your family, I know some people still do this. It's probably more of like a, my grandma does that thing. We don't really do that thing. Um, is to get like a sugar bowl for the table and put obviously a non-toxic ink printed card at the bottom. Uh, so I think it's the four of hearts is good for like happiness in the home, peace in the home. Don't quote me on that one again. I'd have to actually open. Well, it's in front of me, so let's open. Um, let's see, hearts. <laughs> oh, no, don't use the four. Don't use the four of hearts, guys. Don't do that. Uh, three. <laughs> use the three of hearts. That one's a little better. A wish granted, a full cup. So something like that. Put that at the bottom of a sugar bowl. And then put the sugar inside, put the little spoon, put the little lid on top. And that way, anyone who uses that sugar in their tea and their coffee, sprinkling it on things, you know, oatmeal or whatever, it's a little bit of a blessing. You've empowered and charged. If you want to say prayers, obviously, that's a great idea. I work a lot of my magic from just like the fact that, you know, if you, if you know anything about doctrine of signatures, there's already kind of like an intended thing there for it. And I don't really got to do anything about it. Nature kind of takes care of that on its own. Um, Sugar is sweet. It already has the intention of sweetness there. Um, the three of hearts, it deals with being fulfilled. It deals with, you know, happiness and grant and wish granting. So that's already prevalent. You put the two together, they kind of work out themselves. Again, there is not a thing wrong with putting that intent in there and blowing onto it or saying certain prayers, psalms, whatever your tradition wants you to do or teaches you to do. But anytime someone uses that, they then share in that blessing. So that is something you could do. Uh, same with like protection. Uh, if you have uh, not like a salt shaker, but those like is canned the word because they're in a cardboard cylindrical box. I don't know what you call that. Uh, but the thing you buy salt in, if you want, you can put a card in there. Usually they have a spout, so you're probably gonna have to like fold it up really tiny, but stick that in there. Something like protection. Salt's already very protective. Um, but if you add a card that deals with protection or deals with like security or safety, pop that in there. And then anytime you fill the salt shaker and anytime uses anytime anyone uses that salt, which for whatever reason Americans love their salty things, their high sodium things, um, they're protected, you know, for that day, for as long as that salt is in their system. Um, so there are many things you can do with the cards and folk magic house magic everyday magic um carrying it with you using it you know adjacently in food 
um, keeping it above, you know, keeping certain cars at your front door or above windows, um, keeping them on the coffee table, like you said, you, maybe even finding someone who does like make coasters um, and having them either carve a little spot so you can place the pl uh, playing card in that in a little square on on top of or inside of a coaster uh, and keeping your coffee on that coaster as you drink it or you know um, Courtney at the shop will do custom pieces maybe she can pour you a resin um, coaster and put a playing card in that and so every day you can kind of quote unquote charge your coffee or your tea in the morning on top of that with those intentions. I mean, really, it's kind of endless, like get creative. Mm -hmm. And, you know, how can you use the cards? Um, you know, you've already mentioned, but I, what's to say, like, if you can't, um, you've already used your three of hearts for your server bowl, but maybe you want it, you know, for something else, well, go print one. Yeah. Go <laughs> you know, print. Google the image. Yeah. Yeah. Print it out and stick that somewhere. Um, you know, I probably would have the actual card because knowing me, I'd be writing extra like little things, you know, in it to really, um, really bring it home of what I need and want that card to do. And, mm -hmm. and the actual playing card being a little thicker and more substantive to me is going to last longer. Yeah. But dire straits, man, print that. <laughs> yeah. Or, print that if you need it. Or just go get, you know, a mess of cardstock from Staples and cut it down into like, you know, probably an eight and a half by 11. You could probably do a four by four, maybe. Just mm -hmm. cut a whole bunch of blanks, get a red Sharpie and a black Sharpie, and then anytime you need one, just draw it on there. They're all fairly easily drawn. The spade's fairly easy. The clubs might be a little difficult, but draw it you know in a pinch draw it i mean it doesn't have to be bob ross picasso just no draw you a happy little spade <laughs> <laughs> and write your thing on there <laughs> you know what? maybe we need to make that a, a class or workshop at the store guess what zach we're making cards <laughs> since we can't get you to do bone throwing again we're gonna do cards <laughs> never doing that again <laughs> It just came across my set the other day. And I'm like, I haven't played with you in a while. I need to do something with that. Well, that's another thing. Um, you can use playing cards in tandem with other divination techniques. Um, that is a common one in the South. Like I said, usually you're going to find people using and uh, conjure. Their divination is going to be with playing cards and bones. And there are some I've seen that do use both. They'll do like a three card spread and then throw bones. And depending on where the bones land and how they land in conjunction with the cards and their other bones, they'll read that that way. Well, we have Don um, who reads in the store and he does Lenormand and Lenormand is kind of like playing cards, except you yes. toss out certain cards, yes. you know, and, and read from there. Oh. So in a way, Lenormand is a skewed playing card type of divination yep. system. Every um, Lenormand card has up soon. a corresponding playing card. And if you want, mm -hmm. you could probably uh, use that meaning as well. So let's say you don't necessarily like the meanings in John D and Jonathan D or Corey Thomas Hutchison's book. Look up, obviously not all the cards are going to have this, but look up and see if that card 
has a direct Lenormand cor uh, correspondence. There are some Lenormand decks. The very first one I had, I think it was called just Easy Lenormand or Lenormand Made Easy or something like that, had in the top middle part of it its corresponding playing card. Um, mm -hmm. So like the house had its card, the letter had its card, you know. Look up and see if the Lenormand correlation maybe resonates a little more with you. And you can use that. Now, before we forget, because we almost did the Jokers. The Jokers. So the Jokers are not seen in most divination forms of the playing cards as the same thing as the, uh, as the Fool. Um, the Jokers are seen very much as that. They're kind of like a warning. They're a... They're either a warning or a suggestion to think cleverly about whatever's in front of you. Um, the jokers are like the they're they're like the fool in the historical sense. So the fool, the jester, was the only person in medieval Europe that could make fun of the king, and it'd be okay. Very rarely was there ever anything that the jester said that would cause trouble for him. His whole point of existence was entertainment, uh, as well as uh, kind of like a butler in the sense of someone, a confidant and someone to advise. You had to be very witty and very clever to hold the position of jester. Um, you had to be very on your toes. The jokes that were made were kind of like critiques. Um, but not necessarily, not just for entertainment, I should say. They were kind of like a mirror for the king. Like, if you make fun of this thing, it could make him realize something. And, oh, yeah, maybe that was a bad decision. Maybe I should think a little more um, about doing something like that again in the future. So the jokers are mischief. If it's kind of a negative, a more negative reading. I guess you could say it goes both ways. Um, it's mischief and it's also think clearly. And I guess you could say that goes for both negative and positive readings, quote unquote, negative and positive readings. Um, yes, the jokers keep in your deck. Don't discard them. If they show up, there's a reason they show up. And I think there's only two. There's only two in a deck. If they show up, there's a very profound reason why they're showing up. take it seriously don't just yeah. i need to shuffle again <laughs> no take a look at yourself and the rest of this reading yeah this is interesting um and if they I've both always... come up i don't want to be in your shoes <laughs> right shit's going down <laughs> so much is going down um this is interesting i will say after out of all of the different types of divination, I've always, um, dice and playing cards have always held my interest more. I don't do much with either one, but um, I've always liked, liked those two. And maybe maybe when I get to be the old lady, I'll be that, that little old granny sitting there telling fortunes with the playing cards finally <laughs> and uh, having fun doing it. Because, um, you know, I can never retain the information of how to play poker effectively. So I'll just... <laughs> I never learned poker. So 
I've I've tried and I just it's poker and chess. Like it's just I'm like meh. I can do yeah. chess. I can't do poker, and I wish someone would show me how to play euchre, because that's something the German side of my family always played, and no one ever showed me how. Mm. I used to be really good at backgammon, but I've forgotten how to play that. Like, I played oh, I it when I was younger and whooped the shit out of everybody, and uh, now I couldn't tell you how to play. <laughs> I have no idea how to even set up the board for a backgammon, so. Yeah, it, it's been a, like, like under age 15, because, yeah. And I know that, well, before 12, because I left that area um, to go live in Germany. So that's how young it's been a minute. Yeah. But uh, this this was uh, this is interesting. I need to reevaluate my use of, of playing cards. And I have plenty since my son went through a phase of playing card tricks. And he wow. had to have the, the, the kind, the dealer kind that would slide real easy and um, he was obsessed with playing cards for the longest, well, what well, felt like a long time for him, but in his ADD moment for about three, four months, like he was all about playing cards and tricks. And then literally overnight, he was like, I'm done. Yeah. So <laughs> there were stacks of playing cards throughout the house because certain ones did certain types of tricks. Um, and now they're just collecting dust in like random corners and drawers. And I'm like, I should do something with these. Yeah. <laughs> get my money back on all these cards. <laughs>